All right. So, um, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, welcome to the first ever episode of uh, Circuit Realms. Uh, we name it Unraveling the Techverse. Uh, so, I'm your host for the day, Indy Vijay Surya. And with me, you know, uh, joining Aditya. So, he's actually teaching one of our design uh, XR interaction design and prototyping for XR courses. Wonderful instructor. Uh, so, today the topic is about um, XR headsets. So we're going to be talking about different types of XR headsets, you know, and also the elephant in the room is the Apple uh, Vision Pro. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that as well. All right, so let's get this started. So I'm going to go ahead. So when it comes to XR headsets, uh, the first one that I ever used was Oculus. Actually, not the Oculus one. The first ever XR, any sort of a VR headset that I used was Google Cardboard. <laughs> I remember putting a, a phone into a Google Cardboard and then just like, you know, seeing um, just, a, just a 360 video of some sort of a roller coaster and it kind of wowed me up. And this was like around um, almost 10 years back, I think around 2007, 2014. And then I got in touch with an, ex, uh, with an Oculus DK. Oculus DK is kind of like the first ever consumer based. It's not even consumer, it's like, developer kit it's more like it's more targeted to a developers it was like around uh 600 700 dollars even at that time uh, so you have to you have to be a developer you have to show that you know stuff uh to actually get uh, one of those developer kits uh so the company that i worked for back then um it kind of uh, somehow imported one of the uh, the developer kits into uh into the other side of the world <laughs> Uh, and uh, we were able to make some cool stuff. Um, so when it comes to now, we have like countless number of XR headsets. Like, you know, um, me and Aditya, we were kind of uh, brainstorming some of those uh, XR headsets. And uh, we can't even think of some of the names because we have that many XR headsets. <laughs> um, so speaking of the one that I'm using, I'm currently using the uh, this one. It's like the most popular one right now, uh, the MetaQuest 2. So I'm going to ask a question from, uh, from Aditya. Like, I know that you've been using about, like different kinds of uh, XR headsets because you're in the design research field. Um, what do you think about the XR headsets uh, in general? Like, and what is the, um, the most used XR headset for you? Yeah, so I think I, I had a kind of different first headset which I used, it was the Oculus Rift. And I feel like you couldn't rotate more than once because <laughs> the wire would kind of uh, scope yourself and you will fall. Uh, but the things have changed so much now that you're able to freely roam around the space. I think that's one of the biggest advantage which standalone headsets have like Quest. And it has definitely like Quest 1 and Quest 2 have been the most sold headsets. Uh, I'm using Quest 2 as uh, by my, like myself as well. Uh, I have another Quest Pro, which I use in my research lab. Uh, it's it's pretty costly, and I think Quest 3 is something which is going to be at a very good price uh, margin for that. But when I actually heard about Google Cardboard, I realized there are so many equivalent uh, mixed reality concepts like that right now. Like there's one called Zapbox, and there's this HoloKit X, where you can just like play or place your phone or her and <laughs> experience the mixed reality world. Uh, but but yeah, that, that is actually a very accessible way of looking at XR headsets as well. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, like, obviously, when it comes to XR headsets now, uh, the um, like there, there used to be just like one type of XR headset, like starting with the uh, the Google Cardboard. What they used to do was they used the the gyroscope and the accelerometer, so that when you move your phone up and down, it kind of gets your orientation. And um, within the virtual uh, environment, it has a camera that goes up and down. Basically, that's what it did. Uh, but initially, we started with like 360 videos, right? So basically, what happens is the 360 video just rotates around you depending on your orientation. So if you are actually a design student, you know the difference between 3 degree of freedom and 60 degree of freedom movement. So most of those devices, they kind of, um, they kind of uh, just give you 3 degree of freedom motion. You can you could just move your head around. And when you move, like this, when you move, basically the whole world comes with you. Right? It doesn't make that much of an immersion. It is immersive, but the immersion is lost the moment that you move, um, you know, instead of just rotating your head. So, uh, um, exactly. And, and, the, and, the, and the next device that I used is the HTC Vive, like the earlier, earlier version where you had like a bat type of a, you know, you had a, you had a, controller which is which looks like a bat and i think that is the first ever consumer based vr headset that came up with um, with a controller with a proper controller right you know a proper controller that you can actually move around teleport and things like that because the oculus developer kit it did not have like controllers we had to use um, we had to use different methods um, i remember using um, a small device called map um, leap motion. Uh, currently, it's known as Ultra Leap. Um, basically, it is an infrared camera, and it has like an SDK where you can actually track your hands. So what we did was we pasted that um, magically device onto the VR headset. We just strapped it, and uh, we use our hands. But that was like very intense. It's it was really hard. We had to like there was a bunch of cables that we had to connect to a computer. It's not standalone. It was. But it was fun. It was fun just doing those things. Um, but right now we have like hand tracking integrated within the headsets themselves. So I have a quick question for you. Like when it comes to hand tracking versus controllers, like what do you think is the best way to uh, to interact in a in an XR world? Yeah, I that's a that's a great question, and I think uh, people, a lot of people have been like trying to figure that out. So I've seen like a lot of companies, products which are based on creation, like a creation platform for mixed reality or even for a lot of games. Uh, since it's coming from a keyboard and mouse and controller based uh, gaming games, like all that have been set up in the past, it feels like having controllers give kind of like superpowers to humans for different abilities, which is more than what you can do. Uh, but hand tracking is getting better and better day by day. And it seems like there's going to be new techniques which people would definitely have to adopt because some headsets have, don't even have controllers now. And uh, you would definitely have to switch to that platform and get all the functionalities working with the hand tracking. Uh, so I feel like hand tracking is, is the way to go as that's how we naturally interact with the world. Uh, but it's going to be a challenge for all the 
games and creation platforms which are very complicated cut set of controls yeah exactly exactly so speaking of hand tracking actually i think i think it is the time for us to like get the elephant in the room into the <laughs> into the discussion um apple vision pro right so it kind of came out like uh, almost one and a half months ago and it has been the discussion of like the whole tech industry um because you know i think i think it's good uh, that apple released it i was not very fond of the device itself but i think it's um it's good in a way that apple actually invested a lot of money into building something like that because it kind of validates the market right um like we were very i was very skeptical about it like a couple of like a one year ago because we were talking about this metaverse and you know like uh mark zuckerberg changing the name of whole facebook into uh uh you know uh, meta and uh, opening up a new platform called like horizon worlds it was fun i tried to use them but it was not that very appealing because you know there there are some certain can, some certain stuff that you have to figure out before jumping into a metaverse but um, you know like with the rise of artificial intelligence so you know the talks of generative algorithms uh, natural language processing and things like that i think the metaverse the field of the talk of metaverse and vr ar kind of um declined but uh, i think apple tried uh, apple you know releasing the meta uh, apple releasing the apple vision pro um it kind of validated the market so that people were back into talking about this right so what what do you think about the apple vision uh, vision pro in in general yeah i i feel definitely the same way about market validation and uh, a lot of companies uh, were kind of hoping on uh, like more more like bigger companies invest in that space where they can kind of get a bigger market for what they are building uh yeah and i'm i'm definitely like interested to see when it actually releases what how what sort of utilities uh, does it is it able to provide uh, there are there are a few restrictions like i was hoping to get the device camera streams because i felt like that's that would be a great way of creating mixed reality applications which is kind of restricted in a lot of big headsets right now there are a few headsets like links are one is one of them and some of them which are not like easily publicly available they are definitely providing all the depth camera access and like camera streams for developers so that they can have more, a better understanding of the real world and create more engaging immersive experiences uh, and that is where i think like apple is definitely focusing a lot on the mixed reality aspect rather than the virtual reality and that would be very crucial to create such experiences so i kind of think right now it's more like like a like your world is kind of your screen space and you don't have a lot of information about the world but uh, you have much more space to work work on yeah exactly exactly and the uh, the thing i liked about the the most of this device is that they try to do something new <laughs> because uh, you know in the um, in the meta quest the, the one that i'm using like this is like coming from an oculus and an htc vive the, like the older tethered, tethered versions to not to this i used the oculus quest 1 before i was like i, I was blown i was blown away just just by looking at how like it's just a standalone device there are no cables going out of it and it just 
you can just can the floor. It was really like it was kind of a different experience uh, for me. Uh, but now we are moving from this to Apple Vision Pro, which they have done. Um, uh, they have put cameras inside the headset, right? <laughs> which was very strange, uh, very weird, as I might say. Um, but I think the term that we can use for this is um, dual pass-through, right? So we, we use this and we call it pass-through. Um, I, I remember creating an AR headset. I, I did not create the AR headset, but I used, um, I, I used Unity to build uh, an, a small AR headset kind of a solution for, uh, for my bachelor's degree uh, final project. Um, it was actually a research project. So what we did was we used Vuforia. We used just plain Vuforia. And what we did was we split the Vuforia, like whatever that you see from the camera, we split it into two. So it's kind of like a stereo, um, you know, stereo display. And we put it into an XR, uh, what is it called, VR box. And we have a camera which kind of captures the environment and you can see what the camera sees within the screen. So it's kind of like you're not actually seeing the actual world. Instead, you're seeing the world through a camera, right? So that's what these guys have done. So they've used like four cameras and they've mapped with their certain algorithms to kind of see the outside, but not directly, but in a different way, like through a screen. So this concept is known as pass-through. What Apple Vision Pro has done is they've created like, they've added cameras inside this, but not to capture your face. They cannot capture your face, right? What they do is uh, they use some depth sensors to scan your face. So first of all, you have to scan your face. It's, it's very weird. It's like, it's like a scaffolding ad hoc solution to something. You basically use, look at your XR headset and scan your face to, um, to create a digital avatar version of it. <laughs> digital avatar version of it. So um, what they do is uh, they they grab that 3D model and put into the inside of it. So the cameras that are inside of it can track your eye movement. And based on your eye movement, it kind of shows that 3D model as a display. Very weird solution. We we are still yet to see how it looks like. I'm 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 pretty excited to see that. Um, what, what do you think about the cameras? Like, you know, they, they say that they have like 13 cameras. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think like uh, camera, having a lot of cameras is not a problem as, as much as information you can get about the world and being able to bet, like provide higher quality of display. Uh, I think like pass through quality has been a major uh, kind of like checkpoint or comparison between the mixed reality headsets. The other way would be the holo, holographic displays, like how HoloLens 2 was approaching it. But they have closed, uh, like I, I heard that they have closed the project, not sure what's the future of that. But it feels like most of the headsets and companies are going in the uh, video pass-through direction, like you mentioned. And in that case, having uh, having as much like information about the world and properly stitching it to give that virtual depth perception is essential in that. And also the cameras inside, which, uh, which help track your facial impressions. Also MetaQuest Pro has a similar setup as well. Uh, so it is able to detect your facial expressions and uh, eye tracking and to create like digital avatar animation for, it's I think mostly important for like social collaborations. 
uh, online because you already are wearing a headset and it's hard to predict <laughs> otherwise <laughs> yeah. what, what you look yeah. like. I don't know, uh, I don't know what yeah, they're using. I don't know what sort of an algorithm they're using to track your eye movement. And like, let's just say I'm using the headset and I put it onto you, you'd see my face. No, somebody outside would see my face instead of yours. So there has to be some sort of a some sort of a quicker solution for them to just put their put their you know face into it. Yeah. Cool. Um so um like speaking of cameras of the Apple Vision Pro, like this is something that's new that I uh so when I was reading about it, there's something it is a new interaction that I kind of uh you know realized. What they have done is they've added cameras here, not in not in the front of the device, but here. So the the idea of this is uh, that your hands, because it's it's a device without hand uh, without controllers, right? So all of the movement that you have to do, uh, you have to do it with your hands. And uh, what like in their videos, they I mean their videos were pretty much on point. Nobody was moving that much. They were very static, like like robots. I saw a video of a I saw the video of this this woman looking like watching a movie or something. Uh, so she's seated and she was like pretty much pretty static, and she was moving her hands, <laughs> and and her hands were on on her lap. So that means, like, if you wear an Oculus Quest or an Oculus Quest Pro, or whatever uh, that supports hand tracking as of right now. Um, the moment that your hands are out of the place, out of the uh, the visual spectrum of the headset, the interaction loses, right? That's kind of like a bummer for me when it comes to hand tracking. Usually I like controllers uh, over hand tracking. I don't like hand tracking, like mainly because you cannot intensely, like you cannot move your hands, uh, you know, quickly. And the other thing is you don't feel any feedback. You don't know like what you're doing. You're, you're basically just touching the air. Just poking air, but um, what Apple has done with the um, with the two cameras underneath is to allow users to use the hand movement, you know, as like as to a reachable area as much as possible, even even um, you know underneath the uh, the device itself. So uh, it has actually created this um, you know this freedom space. So that you can put your hand on your lap, just rest it, and then do like slight movements, right? That's pretty cool. Um, and the interaction that they have created is like you don't really move your hand to pick things. Instead, you're moving your eye to choose things, but to activate things, you basically have to do this. So uh, the problem with these XR headsets, the one that we're using right now, is you have to move your hands, like all the way to the other side to actually choose something. And sometimes it just goes, um, you know, it goes around you. You don't even know where it has gone. So um, I think that's cool. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how uh, it really works. It's a really new, I mean, it's not a new, new interaction, but they have implemented with all the hardware, you know, to, um, uh, to make it more easier. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so another quick question for you, like uh, one thing that Apple has mentioned is um, like this is more of a of an augmented reality solution rather than a VR solution, even if the device itself is a VR headset, 
pretty strange. So they're kind of uh, emphasizing on the fact that they are using AR Kit and uh, partnering up with Unity to build uh, AR foundation apps. So they're kind of marketing it as an augmented reality device. Like the funniest thing is they're not even saying augmented reality. If you look at the, uh, uh, this is a fun fact, right? Look at the, look at the whole presentation. Not even once they've mentioned virtual reality or augmented reality. None, <laughs> not even once. So what, what do you think about their approach in terms of like creating a VR device and marketing it as a spatial computing <laughs> device? Yeah, so Michi says spatial computing, that has become the newest term, right? So not no XR experts, now we have spatial computing experts. So what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's, a uh, very interesting thing like i was following a lot before its release and it was supposed to be called apple reality pro uh and even like a lot of their videos are mentioning it as reality os like if you if you look at some of the developer videos i think they were recorded <laughs> before they changed it to uh yeah like vision pro and then xr os like there there were a lot of things going on with the term xr and reality earlier but to make it more clearly distinguishable from uh, the meta headset and all the other headsets, they had to kind of go off that word completely in some sense. And I feel like uh, spatial computing is trying to make it more towards uh, the like the use case of uh, like for work, for work and kind of like for entertainment like watching movies and that sort of thing, rather than going in the game direction, which all the other headsets kind of are heading at. So I think this to uh, like kind of create their own marketing, uh, like entire market. And I, I heard I heard one of the comments from the Oculus, uh, like founders that like he had predicted kind of in 2015 uh, <laughs> that before people uh, are able to purchase affordable VR headsets, they should want VR headsets. It's like if there's a want for it, that is more important than having the like the purchasing power for it. So it's like uh, Apple is creating that uh, excitement for wanting that sort of technology. Yeah, um, so that your comment kind of hugged uh, me on this particular scenario where, uh, you know, the, basically the comfort comfortability of wearing a headset. So obviously you have a phone, you can be glued to your phone the whole day. You can wear a watch, that's fine. You can use a computer like 24 hours, but there are certain limitations when it comes to a VR headset, right? So you put it on and there's this whole weight on you, which kind of is, it, it anyway becomes uncomfortable even after like 30 minutes. I think the maximum time that even I have spent on a VR headset is like about 40 minutes. I was playing a game and that game got interesting. But even after that, when you, um, you know, once you're done with it, like you are whole sweaty and you kind of feel nauseous. You want to take a rest. It's like you actually, you actually did a workout just by wearing it and just moving your hands around. So it kind of is not like a, whatever the VR headset that any company is making, it, it is very, very uncomfortable just to wear it. So I was um, I was in Augmented World Expo. I I wanted to visit Augmented World Expo, so this time I went to Augmented World Expo, and we have a we have a person here, Miji. I met her in uh, AW as well. 
So, uh, so like I saw hundreds and hundreds of different virtual reality and augmented reality devices. Uh, one of which, uh, one of which that you know uh, that sparked my eye is um, the Varjo XR3. That was like, I mean, I tried the MetaQuest Pro, I tried all of the VR headsets. There was a there was a very big big booth uh, on um, from Qualcomm um, because like they're using like most of those devices uh, that are using augmented reality and VR like most of the VR and AR headsets uh, they're using Qualcomm Snapdragon uh, XR chip so um, it's good uh, it's good because there is some sort of an ecosystem like a hardware ecosystem for. Uh, many devices, like that's what happened with Android devices, right? So Samsung started with like creating like iPhone, obviously iPhone started the, um, the Apple chip. Uh, and um, with that, Samsung started their own set of chips. And then Qualcomm, uh, a company that has been, you know, creating mobile, what we, we call it system on a chip, you know, those chips. They used to create those chips for all the Android devices. So we have like millions and millions of different types of Android devices. So what they're doing with VR headsets is they're actually creating um, some sort of a unique ecosystem for any device manufacturer to use their chips. So they don't really have to reinvent the wheel, which is good. Um, but um, you know, comparing all of those devices, Varjo XR3 was the best device that I've seen. Like not when it comes to comfortability, like even if that is not comfortable, but the capabilities that it could hold, like that. That it can do is like top notch. It's very immersive. Um, and the thing is, I used like the um, the demo that I, you know, I had to experience the the demo that I was able to experience on this. It's kind of like an AR thing. Um, XR three headset is also very similar to uh, Quest Pro, but it has like a bunch of cameras in the front. So you can do this um, pass through, and it's color pass through. When you wear it, you don't really know. Like it, it really, it literally feels like you are looking through a glass. You don't see the uh, the the pixels. You don't see the pixels. It literally feels like you are looking through the glass. The the only uh, non immersive thing, you know, the only thing that breaks broke the immersion for me was the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, because it had to cover. Right, the um, that was the only uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The field of view was not that enough for me, but still, it's it feels like you're just looking through a glass wearing something. And um, um, the uh, the coolest part of this is it had different kinds of it's very hard to explain. Let's just say that, um I am in a, let's just say that we are in an AR simulation and I can see a forklift in front of me. I can literally like with my VR headset, get onto that forklift and use my hand and move around. And I can see my hand with the forklift. So, you know, like if you know, if you have been developing AR applications, you know, like basically AR means you're creating an illusion, right? You, you can see the camera and then you can see the 3D model. If you put your hand in front of it, it kind of covers that uh, um, the 3D model, which breaks the immersion. But in this case, they have somehow find a way 
to occlude the hand. That's the term that we are using, right? Occlude the hand. There was this forklift simulation where I was able to just, uh, you know, uh, just press some buttons in the forklift and I could see my hand in this AR environment. It was pretty great. Um, there was another, there was another example where I, where I saw like a metal, how do I explain it? It's kind of like a metal artwork or a metal brush where I could just draw around and it actually captured the world around me. I could literally see the, uh, the reflections. Like there was actually a person in front of me when I drew like a circle, I could see that person's reflection in the circle. I don't know how they've done it. Probably they might have had like a bunch of cameras placed around. It didn't seem like it, but you could see the reflections of it. So what do you think about that? Uh, I know that you, uh, you know, one day you mentioned about like, you know, Warrior XR3 and some of the use cases of the, uh, the headset. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I have been following Warrior XR3 for a while as well. I feel like it's, it was kind of the Vision Pro <laughs> thing. Uh, it had its own moment earlier. It was the most, like the costliest uh, XR headset, which had the best sensors, best displays like available there. Uh, it's actually a bit expensive for researchers to kind of get that, but they have like started some developer program recently to for discounts. So if anyone is interested, I would suggest like, probably you can get, get it before the Vision Pro for uh, testing. And I feel like uh, a lot of developers who got the access have been trying to uh, implement mixed reality uh, game concepts, uh, like using the real world as much as they can because they do they do provide the depth sensor and the camera sensor information. So I, I've been following one of this person. I can just like do a quick screen share and show you uh, probably. Yeah, so this person is using the Varjo XR3 for building like these uh, fluid sort of simulations in the real world. And it's all uh, happening with the hand tracking. And they even like think of what sort of games can be built using these uh, experiences. So this is like a dustbin, which is there like inside the mirror. And you have to kind of uh, use your hands and use these objects to put the stream inside that. So you can use like these pipes, you can use fans. So it's it's a very interesting concept of how you can use uh, some of the mixed reality aspects to create these immersive experiences. So yeah, I feel like similar things uh, should be developed for Vision Pro as well. And that is going to redefine how we think of mixed reality games. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to. Yeah, and that one of those which has eye tracking, right? Apart from MetaQuest, um, I know that MetaQuest three. Did they mention that they have? Uh, it has eye tracking. MetaQuest three. They probably won't have eye tracking. Uh, I think, uh, as far as all the rumors are going about the specs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they mentioned that you know it has color pass through, and it has like you don't really have to use your controllers to draw a screen around you. Instead, they, um, you know, they just need the device to scan around. And that's pretty much it, which is good, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, but yeah, like they've, they've removed eye tracking. But the moment that they're removing eye tracking, Apple Vision Pro has integrated eye tracking. And uh, they've created their, like, that's why I said, like, the, the newest kind of, um, you know, interaction, you know, just to, just to look at 
certain thing and then press it to open up. I think it's good. And the other thing about Apple Vision Pro is that it's using the same ecosystem as the other Apple devices. Like if you have been an Apple developer, um, you know, like you know, you have to do it on top of XR, uh, sorry, Xcode uh, developer platform, right? The uh, the Apple developer platform, and uh, the the user interfaces, the uh, the the code, basically the whole API that you have to use in order to build any sort of an Apple application. Like if either it is iOS or Mac OS or Watch OS or what is it, iPad OS, like. There's a bunch of different operating systems created by Apple. But the coolest part is you don't really have to change any sort of an API to build. Of course, there are certain functionalities that you can change. But the coolest part is even with the Apple Vision Pro, you don't really have to learn a new language if you have been already developing for Apple devices. So it's kind of targeted towards the, um, the Apple ecosystem. Like <laughs> the, the coolest thing is they don't, like when you hear an Apple presentation, Apple kind of behaves like they are the only technology company in the world. Like they know nothing about any other company. Like, like <laughs> I'm pretty amazed that they said that they are partnering up with Unity. It's pretty strange. <laughs> it's kind of like the first for me, but they kind of behave like they're the only technology or hardware manufacturer in the world. So any, any device that they're making, any software that they're making, everything is like in their own ecosystem. They don't really support any other ecosystem, but they do, of course, open some restrictive tunnels, like for example, to build Android applications and things like that. But that's more on the developers, uh, developer side. So uh, speaking of building applications for Apple Vision Pro, like let's just say that you have an Apple Vision Pro with your hand right now. How do you build something on it? <laughs> What do you think? Like, what are the steps that you would take to build something, build an app on it? I think uh, you you were right about the Unity part. Like, I was also amazed uh, to see that part. And like, Unity stocks definitely boomed right after their partnership. And it feels like uh, maybe gaming gaming is a part of Vision Pro or Apple ecosystem, which they haven't nailed down until now. Like. Apple has always <laughs> kind of not, not been ahead in the game for gaming and uh, partnering with Unity uh, provides them more access to like game developers to easily create content. So I think during the time of now and it being released, they are trying to get some uh, as much as content as possible once they are launching it. Uh, so the way uh, there are two ways, like what I think would be the easiest ones to start developing for Vision Pro. One of them is to go through the WebXR route. So WebXR, they also started beta support for WebXR, which was not there earlier. So you could use tools like Bezel, or you could like create your own WebXR apps, which would be easily compatible directly on the Safari browser on Vision Pro. Uh, that is what I think I'm really excited to see how does that work out, uh, because uh, that could be like like web is still still the thing right now. Like even though we have so many like native uh, things going on, like Chat GPT still started with web, and things are still starting with web today. Uh, so WebXR could become a standard for all the headsets. Uh, the other way would be to go through Unity. Like I did try starting uh, to build directly from Xcode, but Xcode is a is a game of itself. In uh, <laughs> it takes takes a long time to go through all the small bugs. But when you when you're using Unity, 
uh, you can use all the things which you already know if you are aware with Unity uh, platform. And uh, you would have to like just sign up for the polyspatial program, which uh, polyspatial like SDK, which they have like closed uh, availability for. But I think as soon as that comes up, uh, you won't have to change a lot to make it work with the Vision Pro. So already uh, excited to start building for it. And like they, they do have like a lot of different ways in which you can engage. So there are like these developer labs. Uh, you can also like request the developer kits. I don't know how many they have and how many, like what time would time frame does that look like? But I feel like Web, uh, WebXR is a great route, which I would suggest uh, could also take take as like maybe better than what Unity is because Unity is kind of like a closed ecosystem uh, of AR. So AR Foundation, everything is kind of like in their own proprietary sort of thing right now. Whereas WebXR could be more of an open source way of how things build. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just being an open source, I would say it's more like a um, accessibility wise, it's more reachable. You know, like nobody would spend, uh, like, uh, let's just say that you're making an app which is like one gigabyte in size. You don't really, you don't really spend uh, 10 minutes. I mean, you, you, you barely spend 40 minutes in this. And you'd spend like, do you assume that you're going to be spending <laughs> that we're going to be spending like more than 10 minutes? I mean, even 15 minutes just to download an application. And that's, um, you know, in a way, like, for example, if you're actually building, uh, let's say, uh, a game or a, uh, or a very like a, a reusable application, like, for example, let's say you're actually, you're making a fitness application of some sort of. Uh, some sort of a thing, right? So you don't really, you don't, I, I mean, WebXR is fine, but in a in a case like that, then of course, creating uh, a standalone application is very helpful because you don't really need to spend uh, your, uh, your internet bandwidth just to download like big applications. But when it comes to experiences, which Apple is kind of following to, uh, Apple is kind of emphasizing more, more into experiences, then I think, um, you know, just, just looking at WebXR field also quite beneficial if you are actually hoping to develop applications onto the Apple Vision Pro. Uh, I know that there is a company uh, called Trip. So they have this, I think maybe you have used that. They're actually creating a, um, uh, a meditation application, right? So, um, meditation application, basically you have some sort of control, but it's, it's meditation, right? There's not much of intense stuff going around. So a company like that is like a very much um, uh, you know suitable candidate for a first uh, you know for the portfolio of Apple Vision Pro uh, products. Mainly, this is the same thing what uh, HTC Vive's uh, what is it called? Vive Flow, Vive Focus, Vive Focus, Vive Flow. Yeah, the the one that looks like B, <laughs> like a BI. <laughs> You're wearing it and you look like a bee. Um, yeah, exactly. So um, standalone simulations or like not standalone, what do you call it? Stationary simulations. I think Apple Vision Pro is good. I don't know whether Apple Vision Pro has that capability because I've read in a, in a, in a document that uh, they've mentioned that it's like a very um, stationary device. You don't really, you shouldn't really move around a lot. 
mainly it just provides like one and a half meters and one and a half meters area uh, of six degree of freedom movement where you can do it. They actually call this, there are like two different types of um, simulations where you can do. Uh, one is known as a, um, uh, I couldn't really actually remember the name. Basically you have like a given space, a boxy space and any 3D model that you put inside, uh, what do you call it? Windowed, windowed app. Yeah, I think that's what. No, it's not a windowed app. It's not a windowed app. It's pretty strange. You know, like, um, um, for an example, uh, if you have watched Avatar, right? In Avatar, there is this three, this 3D model of a map of the whole uh, whole world is there. When you move the map, you can see that the map kind of clips from a, from the edge of the uh, the device. You know, so you can move and scale and rotate and map that, but it kind of renders within that confined space. Does that make sense? So Apple Vision Pro has uh, like one of the ways of interaction is that. And the other one is basically, of course, you can place certain objects, but only within that area. It doesn't allow you to place objects everywhere around. So you have some limitations. I don't know how it's gonna be. So we, I'm, still, I'm still excited. I'm still waiting how we can actually build it. But on the other hand, it, ha it can be used to make windowed apps. So this is, yeah, exactly. I, I know that you did a small demos. You did a small uh, uh, demo of that, right? Oh, I, I don't have uh, that running right now. Uh, but, but basically, I actually uh, looked at a lot of the developer videos which they have provided, and I feel like they have a lot of information which I found more useful, which they didn't share in the launch presentation. So one of them was I saw I saw. I saw uh, developer guidelines of like using hand hand controls for modi modifying 3D models in space. So you can actually do hand controls for rotating, scaling, and moving 3D models, which is like such an interesting uh, concept, which would be needed for a lot of games. Uh, and and they didn't talk about that part. So I feel like there's there's a lot more coming and a lot more of, uh, hardware support which it can provide. It's just that they don't want to market a lot on that aspect because they don't have a lot of content yet. Also, I'm excited for all the presentations they showed about Disney and how immersive, like mixed reality, like experiences you can have about movies. I saw similar concepts happening in on the Meta platform. Like you see, you see these apps which are not games, not movies, like some somewhere in the middle. And probably things like those will come a lot uh, in Apple Vision Pro. So I'm I'm excited for how much of like that mixed reality aspect of things uh, do they provide? Yeah, I I just tried out one without the Unity Poly Spatial, so it just came out like a Windows app. But but they didn't they didn't like they don't have good uh, resource guidelines on on how to set that up. I don't know why. And Unity is taking a long time to that beta support as well. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is also very interesting. Like when we when we think about AR and VR simulations, basically we think about um, you know fully immersive. I mean that's the word that Apple is using. Like for AR they use immersive. For VR they use the term fully immersive. Immersive and fully immersive. Fully immersive is literally VR. Like <laughs> you don't see outside. But when it comes to immersive you see the uh, the pass through. But um, 
whatever it is, I've seen a lot of devices uh, that uses Snapdragon chips and um, including Xreal. If you know Xreal, Xreal, I think Xreal is good. It's a very big company. It used to be called Enreal. You know, if you've heard uh, Enreal Air, Xreal is the newer version of uh, Enreal. They've kind of changed their name. I had the chance to test out their, uh, their headsets. Headset, uh, a, a usable, comfortable headset wise, and Xreal was the most comfortable headset because it's not a headset. It, it's literally a, a set of spectacles, just like this. And the thing is, you have a wire that's going out of it, and they have this new, um, new device that they've created called Xreal Beam or something. It's more like a power bank plus a processing device. So you're actually, like, you're actually, you're, you're, um, your device is just a display. But everything happens in the in the Xreal beam. Um, Xreal, like the uh, the app, you know the, the devices that they made before the Unreal Air, they used a mobile app. So you have like, and it works only with Android. Basically, what happens is it just opens up a small operating system, uh, like a not actually an operating system, like a small app. So you can see the app. But the thing is, it's like it's like you're looking at a screen. You know, it, yeah. The, the first version is tethered to a phone. The first, the very first version is tethered to a phone. And when you, um, when you look at it, like when you, uh, when you wear the headset or when you wear the glasses, there is a screen, like it's more like a HUD. It's not AR, it's more like a HUD. And you can see that HUD uh, around. But they do have some cameras. They're not very, um, they're not that very, capable in terms of context recognition. Like the, the term context recognition goes for um, understanding the world around you, right? So I don't think that those devices are very much competent in terms of context recognition. So even like so one of the questions that I asked from them is, can I, can I anchor the screen to somewhere? Like, can I do that? Can I anchor this? And they were like, yeah, you can do that, but it's not that very good. So what I did was I anchored the display that I could see into a, uh, into a wall, and it was very wobbly. <laughs> like, I could do this, and it was very wobbly on that wall. So it's more like a HUD. I can't say that's an AR headset. It's basically more like a HUD, where you can see information without using another headset or another, like, a handheld device, which is good. Like, it's, it's good for private things. <laughs> Let's just say that you want to play a game, you know, you want to discreetly play a game, but you don't really need, you don't really want to, um, you don't really want your mother to see that you're playing a game. Right? So this is something that I tried. Um, and basically the XR XREAL headset is, um, is a display. So you can, you, you can use this uh, XREAL beam, this small thing to kind of, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We do grown up stuff. We do grown up stuff, which is gaming. <laughs> so uh, the, the beam is actually streaming. So you can connect that beam to your computer or an Xbox or any sort of a device. And basically what it does is it just streams that into the, uh, into the headset. So you can look around, nobody else can see what you're seeing. It's kind of like a private display for you, more like a HUD. So we can't say that it's AR, AR. Um, it's, but it uses the Snapdragon chip. It uses some sort of, ex, some sort of recognition. Um, yeah, so, um, 
speaking of like let's just come back to application pros so speaking of this this is the first ever device which has an integrated chip for context recognition you know like not all the other i mean yes like when it comes to an iphone iphone has ar kit and like the chipset itself supports ar kit when it comes to android of course android has its own chipset like not every android supports ar core um but when it comes to apple vision pro they do have a separate chip for context recognition what do you, what do you think about that yeah uh, so i think they the they have two chips right like the r1 chip like the reality one for <laughs> that was before they switched to vision otherwise it would have been v1 but yeah i think uh, that's that's where they are focusing a lot on the real time like rendering part of the thing and it is important to have that so i think like there are a lot of smart glasses which do have the like anchoring sort of thing which you are saying so for that you would need the 6 degree of freedom understanding uh but but i think it's probably an issue with the xreal software right now like i have i haven't used any good smart glass which does nothing so i i most of them which i've used like the vizics vizics blades and that that was a very easily available one which also had like a heads up like a hd display but uh with with vision pro and also i forgot the name of there's one more smart glass uh which they were trying to build the same thing for workspace like just multiple monitors which you could use and like things like that is is a lot interesting so probably like that is another market uh, which they are trying to capture is like they don't expect to like things to anchor they just want like maybe like bigger screens or bigger televisions so that's that's going to definitely uh, replace that and i feel like if you if you go in a like subway everybody is already kind of <laughs> on their phones and it just provide access to more screens it's like my screen could be overlapping with your screen but we still both are enjoying our own 200 inch uh, displays so that is something where mixed reality is uh, helping a lot it's not a lot mixed like it's just a little bit of augmentation of the holograms but that's a different uh, way to experience like digital content and i think it's going to add more natural interactions like with hand tracking and with voice detection it's going to become more of a personal device like trying to replace how we use smartphones and xr headsets like the vision pro are going to probably go in the direction of like the laptops and uh, that sort of replacement yeah they have they have the, like kind of their own purposes and own uh, roles <laughs> Yeah exactly exactly so the uh, so the device uh, that i just uh, posted is called uh, space space top i was i couldn't remember the name before but i was able to test it it was okay <laughs> it was okay so i tested like in in awe i tested all of those devices like except the apple vision pro because when awe was running like like apple vision pro was not out yet um so i had the chance to try out all the different um all the different headsets the only one that was uh, that convinced even to try to buy is the varjo headset and the other one is the um, the magic leap it's pretty strange but i really like the magic leap 
how it uh, I tried Magic Leap too, like as an AR headset. So they had this booth where they partnered up with their own partners. So they, like Magic Leap themselves, were not showcasing anything. Instead, they've invited their partners who are actually creating applications on uh, on the platform to demonstrate their apps. So they did not have a demo. Instead, they use other, like their partners to show demos. So one of those demos that I tried was a, um, uh, was a network switch uh, assembly system. So there was this big network switch, like it was there, and I was able to, uh, you know, uh, wear the uh, headset. Um, but there were some issues. Like it's not, uh, it's not, it doesn't recognize the context. It doesn't, not like uh, marker-based recognition. It cannot recognize the place. But the first thing that I had to do is to anchor my display onto the uh, the network, um, the actual physical object, the actual physical network switch. And uh, it actually popped up certain elements on top of the switch, so I could just turn around, like you know, it's kind of like a um, like a training simulation where I have to do on the uh, the switch. It was good, and I could speak. I could use my hand. Like there was no hand tracking. There was a small, uh, uh, very small controller. It's not like it's fine. It's not a uh, a six degree of freedom controller, but I was able to use it, and it was good. The experience is not that very immersive, immersive, but it actually fulfilled the job <laughs> that they were that they're that they're supposed to do. I know that it's a, it's a device that kind of like people invested billions on it, and they were kind of emphasizing that this is going to be a non-wearable augmented reality hologram solution, but it turned out to be this <laughs> weird-looking headset. Um, but it did not actually pick up. Like Magic Leap did not really pick up because one thing it's very expensive and two is the um, the scarce of applications. So that's the same with Apple Vision Pro. That's why probably they're not um, uh, they're not releasing it, and probably that's why they did not release it in the uh, they don't they did not announce it in their yearly event. They announced it in their WWDC. That means the developer conference. This is not for consumers. This is for developers. You don't you don't get to play with it yet. <laughs> they want developers to build applications. So when there is some sort of application, there are some sort of applications for them to um, do things on the platform. That's I think when they're trying to uh, release the platform. But I think this is the first iteration, right? So it's more like the Tesla Roadster of uh, <laughs> of cars. So uh, they they build the Tesla Roadster to fund enough to build Tesla Model Three. And to fund enough to no, not the Model Three, Model S, and again to find <laughs> to build the Model Three. So in a way, maybe like in in like four or five years, we'll be able to have like a like a proper affordable XR headset from them, right? But what do you think? Yeah, uh, definitely that's the direction. And right now, it's more like just creating that market for it and trying to bring all the existing apps that at least windowed version of the reality like sorry i always call it reality pro the vision pro and and that's how they're going to probably uh keep on expanding like at least uh you should be able to use all the things you use on macbook on that and then you should have more things what you can do otherwise it will be just like removing and wearing and removing and wearing the headset uh and i think they made a good choice in keeping the battery as a separate thing because they can work 
more on the comfort aspect of it mm-hmm. and keep on building the computation as as and when technology keeps on improving without the restriction of that weight and uh, so much of design challenges which they would have to accommodate otherwise. Uh, and also once you're immersed kind of in virtual like digital content, you don't care a lot about what is what is the real thing that you're wearing. Yeah, so I think that's a good and uh, probably keeping that will also help them provide like lesser cost devices. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, I think the time is kind of up for us right now. I think this is a really good discussion. I posted a link for all the participants, so uh, we really need your comments on this as well. So we need we need more ideas from you to discuss about uh, you know certain things in the tech tech world in the future. So if you can review us, if you can review this session and also give your comments or give your feedback and also give your suggestions on what sort of things that we should discuss in the future, we are really happy. It just takes like a minute, just click the link and uh, you know put your comments, just you know just click it away. Um, so just uh, just a last thought from me, do you have anything to share, Aditya? No, I think this was really exciting and we, we touched on a lot of things with like not easily, you cannot easily like, find that information and since that there's so much of excitement on these headsets being released. I think we didn't get a chance to talk a lot about Quest 3, but that is that is also something uh, which I'm definitely looking forward to. And I'm going to, I'm gonna, I think like release of Vision Pro is going to increase the sales of Quest 3 because it's the more affordable version of the excitement which Apple has created. Exactly. I think, I think this whole XR field is kind of like a unicorn. You, you know what it looks like, but you do, don't really know. <laughs> you haven't seen it properly. So if you're really in this, uh, in, if, you know, if you're really in the development field of this, uh, definitely, like, you know, you have to work with a unicorn. Like, every day things change, APIs change. It's a very rapidly moving market. And uh, I think every device manufacturer and everybody who's in this field are kind of trying to figure out the best way, right? Like, since a decade, I mean, it's not a decade. Like, for consumers, it's a decade. But for researchers, it's like more than three, four decades of, um, you know, continuous, continuous uh, iterations. And now we are down to this, right? It's kind of, we are not still settled yet. We are still trying to figure out. Just like the phone, the mobile phone settled, right? The mobile phone had different iterations and we are settled in with this, this brick right now. So just like that, we're gonna be settling in with, uh, with a proper VR headset that's kind of useful for everybody, that's kind of comfortable, user-friendly for everybody in the future. So uh, with that hope, we are ending the session. Thank you, uh, Aditya, for joining today for the discussion. And also thank you, everybody else, for being here with us for the whole hour. So thank you so much. See you next week. Next week, we're going to do another session. Thank you, everyone.